Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. The Pathway Studios here in Johnson Hey, is it okay to say Happy Holidays as a Christian? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's lots of holidays. Yeah. True. But like, sometimes I have this inner monologue where I'm like, am I not loving Jesus by saying Happy Holidays? When I, when I say, if I ever say Happy Holidays, I'm thinking Thanksgiving, so it includes God. <laughs> Christmas and New Year. You're saying God's strictly a from, day. from a plural perspective. Only the Christian-sanctioned holidays. Okay. <laughs> only only the top three. People can take it however they want. That's funny. Yeah, I say it all the time now, and I was like, wait a minute. Am I being, am I being like not good Jesus man by saying happy holidays versus Merry Christmas, sir or madam? Yeah, I stick with the Christmas. You got I, I thought you might. You've yeah. been bullied by the culture, Booba. Yeah, you've been taken in. I don't really. I don't really say any of the above, really. I mean, I can't like on the show. It feels seems harmless, but I mean, I don't walk yeah. down the street going "Merry Christmas, Ted." I Here's the deal. Either honestly. I was I was walking around shopping in a Santa hat, so I'm I. This happens a lot to me. Like I do a lot of Happy Holidays. Oh yeah, huh. that's just the jolly fella I am. Like I was walking in Valley Junction the other day, and someone legitimately called me Santa, and it was just an old man walking by himself. Just walked up and said, "Hey, Santa." And then shook my hand. Okay. All right, here's what we're going on the show this week. <laughs> that was awkward. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, Booba has a smattering of questions, so let's, uh, let's see if we can fly over them. Uh, the first one is, uh, let, let's, let's go in reverse order, if I recall. We'll that, see. Uh, why, is, uh, why is Revelation the end? Yes. Right. right. Yeah. Why How does we... the Bible end in Revelation, and who said it should? Yeah. Why, why, like, uh, which leads to all kinds of interesting questions, like, yeah. hey, why can't we add some more today? Who, who decided? Why were they allowed to decide? Uh, yeah, Josephus wrote stuff. Yeah. He was a scholar. Why yeah. isn't there a book of Josephus? Why can't Why can't Joe be in? Hmm. These are all good questions. Yeah, it's probably, so, probably helpful if you're a Christian to be in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, dang. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Basically, why don't we have the Gospel of Stan? Basic things we, we generally check. All right. First. Are they believers? Are they well, maybe it's Maybe it's an <laughs> easier answer than I thought it was. Fine. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll hit that up. And then, uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, what's, what's distinct about the book of John yeah, relative to every other gospel. Right. Like if you go through uh, just rapid fire, uh, reading your, your four gospels, John just feels off, just odd, like thematically and like the conclusions that are drawn. And it just seems to be not a different story about a different fella, but like just a, a like way off from left conversation about who this jesus guy is and what his life meant okay so we're gonna talk a little bit about that uh there's probably compelling reasons for that so maybe we'll touch on those types of things okay yeah um and then there was a there was a question on how do we think about and this comes up from time to time uh on the show was how do we take paul's description of of ladies yeah. in the church in uh the first corinthians what is it 11 11 yeah okay yeah 11 ish area right yeah essentially um I've I've never read the the conversation or the the statements from Paul uh, regarding like 
uh, women in the temple or the church and what they're supposed to be doing, what they're not supposed to be doing. Some comments on fellas with long hair and why it's unnatural. And just some random things that, like, I, I've glanced over too quickly. I just go, ah, oh, that's weird, and then just walk past it. Uh, and this last time, I tried to take a second and go, okay, well, if I believe all, all scripture to be good and holy and, and you know, God-breathed and good for my understanding, like, what does this mean to me now? Does it change anything for me? Uh, and how am I to take it? And so I, I just... I wanted to, to take a second to, to live in that and go, what the heck, man? Is, is, is Paul being a schmuck? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This seems, uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll hit that one up. Oh, what was it? Doggone it. I lost it. It was six, it was six things you cannot say if you follow Jesus. <laughs> Where did it go? <laughs> Please Dog- tell me it's just six cuss words. Doggone it. I, gotta, I, I really want it. I'm six things it. you can't say. The S word. The F word. I gotta find it. The D word. This is intriguing. Six things you can't say. Six six things. I hate you. Okay, Dan's. Oh, oh, here we go. There it is. Okay, we're gonna do this one. (laughs) I was so excited for it. Who's this woman on the front? Oh my! (laughs) There's a lady on the front of the article. (laughs) Go on. Uh, Hold on. I gotta get to the front. Can't say that. Oh. Oh jeez. Oh my. Okay, so we're gonna see we're gonna see what they are, and then you can uh, you can say guilty if you, if, you've, if you've done this. thing. Oh, I'm terrified by that. Okay, okay. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus' command to follow me appears repeatedly. In many cases, Jesus was calling the twelve men who would become his disciples, but other times he was speaking to anyone who wanted what he had to offer. To truly follow Jesus means he has to become everything to us. Everyone follows something. Full colon friends, popular culture, family, selfish desires. Boy, that took a turn. Or GD, a weird. What? <laughs> There's no. I don't know if they admitted the O for reverence purposes. I, I'm not sure. We can only follow one thing at a time. Matthew six says no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Mm-hmm. There are many things you will say on your journey as a follower of Christ, Buva. It's important that what we say is truly representative of our faith. Too often, people like Dan will say things with good intent in relation to their personal lives or the lives of others that aren't based in the Bible. These statements can be damaging, can also interfere with our walk with God or someone else's. Here are six things you can't say while following Jesus. It's Philippians 4.13 on it when it's, you're working out. It's going to be ready. Yeah, it's going to be ready. Number one, the devil made me do it. Mm. <laughs> Not guilty. You can't say that. Yeah, it says, it says you can't say it, Dan. You have, have to give it up. <laughs> Dan, did I see that you ate three 100-grand bars? <laughs> okay, it says uh, this statement finds its genesis in the Garden of Eden. When Eve ate the, ate the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God confronted her about it. She shifted the blame for her sin by saying, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. I mean, that's, that's not untrue. That's what happened. <laughs> One of the bigger parts of that story. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, there was a, it was a blame shift, and Adam will do the same thing probably like, right. in a much grosser way, to be honest with you. But uh, it is what occurred. Yeah, she made me do right. it. I mean, yeah, the serpent was involved. Yeah, that's right. Uh, things haven't changed much over time. As much as we'd like to make Satan the scapegoat for all our bad choices, the concept just isn't biblical. While Satan is the driving force behind much of the evil in our world today, we have our own sinful nature to blame for most of our sins. James 1.14 says each one is tempted when, by his own evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. While it may seem discouraging to realize sin we struggle with finds its origin within ourselves, it can also be empowering. Instead of having to battle a satanic attack, all we have to do is battle our flesh. I really think we should use the word flesh less often. <laughs> I just... I just, I think, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe if you say, look, raise your hand. If most of your room has been into church and known Jesus for, like, 10 years, right. maybe you can start saying flesh as often as we do. Yes. But, like, yeah. 
I feel to do it. We could give it up, and I think it'd be fine. I mean, this yeah, is the I'm culture of the Walking Dead. Right. Yes. No, yes. That, so you might think true. of something different. That's true. They're going to take the context is weird. If it, if take I, this and eat my flesh. Yeah. It's like ah, gross. Yeah. I don't. I mean, let's not give up on the the symbolism here. But like, do we have do we have to say flesh? It just I don't know. It doesn't. Body seems to work. I don't think it hits right. Okay. Hmm. So yeah, but the devil made me do devil it. Made me do it. Now it, it feels like Judas can say that. Then John, back to John, John says the devil entered him. Now, I think it's an influence thing. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, uh-huh. he like took me over. Right. Uh, and obviously Judas was a nefarious character. John also was very clear about that. Like, this is funny about John. He's making side commentary all over the place. Yeah. Yes. So like, this happened, this happened. He's like, that nefarious evildoer, son of perdition. Like, <laughs> And then there was John, the one Jesus loved. <laughs> That's right. He's like, he John's bought a field annotated. And so his stomach exploded. They call it the field of blood now. <laughs> he did his own annotated gospel. He really did. Like, <laughs> he wrote yes. it down, and he's like, now, what's my commentary on it? All right. Um, Those okay. are the t-shirts he designed for each of the disciples. <laughs> Judas, right. as he was destined to always be evil. <laughs> Here we go. Number two, we're all God's children. We're all God's children. What? Generally, guilty? Are you guilty? Yes. Not guilty. I don't say that. I'd say it. I mean, not often. I don't know if I'm saying it every day, Dan, but like I, I, I would say we're all God's creation, but I mean, God's children is a different ball game. Oh, the game Shoot has changed. Either really. Okay. okay, ready? All right, convict me. Generally, when people make this statement, they really mean God created us all, which oh. is accurate. Dan, did you pre-read this article? I did not. No. All right. Dan's wisdom permeates the interwebs. God, <laughs> God is the father of us all in the sense that he formed us and gave us life. We are not, however, all God's children. 1 John 3.10 clearly describes those who have an intimate, personal, familial relationship with God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Besides, because God is a relational being until we accept his gift of eternal life by confessing and repenting of our sins, accepting Jesus' sacrifice on the cross on our behalf, and surrendering our lives to him, we cannot be his children in the truest, most biblical sense of the word. We are just one of his created beings. You know, there's some big, some, some power preachers out there that often use that phrase, you know, how, how do you treat a daughter of God? And, and, and they may or may not be Christian. And I've always been a little, little, squirm a little bit when so I hear Dan that. Dan comes in uneasy, uneasy. You're not a daughter. Yeah. yeah. How you treat <laughs> You're a no child daughter. of Satan? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That definitely feels like a different qu- question. <laughs> Okay, but I mean, Booby, you got something to give up here, or is that, yeah, that maybe. Like I, but like, I get it. I understand. There's a distinction there. I don't think I've ever said it in a place where like the person then felt fine in their life. Yeah, you weren't and, declaring them right. Exactly. I wasn't saying you're a of child God. of yeah. God. We're all children of the Lord, and therefore, just be an idiot. Do what you want. It's yeah, all in yeah. the flesh. You're welcome. Uh, but like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I get the distinction. I don't know if I'm going to change anything in the moment, but maybe I'll you think can't the next say time that, I though. say it. It says right in the article. It's, yeah, it's very, yeah. You would disagree with the first John. Well, the next time I say it, what I'll say is Satan made me say it. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me qualify. I might as well break thing. two of the six at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Number two, number three. Everything happens for a reason. And you can't see it, but there's a very pensive looking woman looking <laughs> off into the distance. Like some homeless man just ate something out of the garbage. And she, she mm-hmm. thinks to herself, that happened for a reason. Yeah. Here we go. I'm we, glad I threw that sandwich away. We've all heard this statement. We may have even said it to someone. Not guilty. Dan? I don't, I don't think I've said that. Not, Not guilty. guilty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we may have even said it to someone who was in the midst of unimaginable grief, pain, heartache, or despair. The truth is, sometimes bad things happen for no reason other than we are human beings having a human experience. Yeah. Wow. 
Now, God can use it for good. Whenever that's, yeah. 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 Pain, heartache, grief, loss, disease, and death are inevitable parts of the human experience. God's plan is never for someone to have cancer. God's will is not for an innocent child to be brutally murdered. God's will is not chronic pain, illness, disability, or death. God's will is not even, not an event that happens to us. It's how we respond to what happens. God's will is for us to walk with him through the cancer, through the abuse, through the death, and through the illness. God's, boy, really pounding home here. God's will is for us to draw close to him in the midst of the pain. God's will is for us to use our painful life events to carry his message of hope, grace, forgiveness, and mercy. Now, there's actually, I mean, there's there's a very, um, there's a very deep theological thing in that belief or that quite the thing when we say that of which mm-hmm. this person is kind of skimmed over a little bit um so like i, I get it like we want to make sense of the world right you want to say this we go like because even in the presence of pain if you or chaos if you thought there was a purpose for it it gives you a means in which to hold on to yep. and say i will suffer at least my suffering means something right but senseless suffering is often very difficult to reconcile. It, it yes. like it it deprives you of hope because it means that there are things not only that you cannot control that me, but that mean nothing. Right. And like um, it, it just it can if you if you think on it too long, frankly, uh, it puts you in a spot where like I mean, then what do we like? What are we doing here? I I don't have any control over these mm-hmm. things. It's just badness. And so I like we're reaching for it. But it just reaches for the wrong thing, and it it it, um, it actually has a can have the opposite effect of what you want, which is you, in the midst of not understanding, clinging to Jesus, who we have to trust uh, for the other otherwise progression of the world, is a different thing than going, oh, he caused the senselessness. Mm-hmm. He is he is the force behind the thing that I that just looks flat out bad and evil. Um, as opposed to he helps us, like he walks through with us on, frankly, like I think they actually um, sold this a little bit short. I, I, it's probably not just to say it's just humans going through human experiences. Humans are often causing their own evil or allowing it to perpetuate. Mm-hmm. The thing where we yep. look and go, boy, that's senseless. It is senseless. Maybe if we hadn't been super grubby for power or, you know, spent all our money on our boat and uh, not on food for everybody or like all the other things that we probably could be doing to serve each other and be selfless, uh, some of the stuff wouldn't be going on. So I, it's a combination of that, but like I, I know why we reach for it, but uh, yeah, yeah, not not guilty here. Number four, God needed another angel. Oh gosh, oh, dear, dear me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but was ready for to repent. No, never. Absolutely, no, <laughs> no, I won't repent. No, I won't. He repent always needs more I, angels. He always needs more angels. <laughs> oh gosh, okay. I I may. I oh man. <laughs> I've never said God need. Oh, have I? Maybe I have. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I say things quickly in the moment and the moment of grief. I like to provide comfort. I do very much so. Few Maybe, things make me want to punch someone in the face, but that's Dan, one. Of them. Dan, I'll, I'll I'll line up. It I might need so to get full hit. Of wrong. It really is, but like. Have I have have I used this as a comforting statement before? No, I, I don't can't know. Maybe see you. No way. I don't know. I've got more confidence. Ooh, in now, okay, let me see. Here's what I feel like is is likely. You you likely to me. I'm guessing you had not said it, but if somebody said it, you obviously didn't disagree with it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I, anybody affirm. says it in the moment, I go, mm, oh, yeah. yeah, okay. I would just go. Mm, I wouldn't say the. You yeah wouldn't part. say the. Yeah. No, yeah. I would reject it. <laughs> at my dad's funeral, uh, somebody came up to me when I was on stage and said. How awesome is it right now that your dad is DJing for all the angels in heaven? And in the moment, I was like, yeah. Thanks. How cool is that? Oh, oh man. Boy. God needed a DJ. Oh, boy. 
Now I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I hope my dad didn't go up to heaven to DJ. Yeah. Like, that sounds terrible. That'd be his nightmare. He'd show up. He'd be like, are you kidding me? I, I have to, to pretend of this. in front of legions of <laughs> angels forever that yeah. I'm this outgoing, bombastic fella. Come on, Gabriel, really we'll get out on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. All right, angels, everybody in for this round of the cha-cha slide. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Casey Kasem had already died. <laughs> <laughs> So mean. My dad shows up. Casey, get out of the way. <laughs> Tiny's here. I'm here. Oh, boy. No matter the age, death is an inescapable reality for all of us. Ironically, many of us fear the death of family and friends more than we fear our own death. I don't know why that's ironic. What? It's the kind of death that produces extreme pain that stirs our emotions to grasp at any hope we can muster to cause our hearts a brief moment of rest from the effects of brokenness over unbearable loss. How ironic. In the midst of grasping and searching for the right words to help others or to even soothe our own souls, we tend to believe... Uh, and th- things that aren't biblically true. In such seasons, people will say, God gained another angel today. The truth is humans are humans and angels are angels. This remains so even in eternity. That doesn't mean there was good intent behind... What? 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 Boy, there's some real errors in this the way it's written. This doesn't mean there was good intent behind the statement, so this isn't to take away from that. <laughs> what? It's, not, it's not right. Often the best things we can do in times of grief is hurt with them, hold them, and just listen. You know, yeah. it's not always it, – It's that's mostly true. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people are actually looking for you to affirm something yeah, that they're saying. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I mean, I think you can be gracious, like what we were talking about, just because someone says something that I don't believe to be theologically right. accurate. Now well, may actually, not be the time. Right. Um, do you, like, make a mental note and text him a couple yeah. of days later? Let me just – how are you feeling? Because I, I really need to talk to you about something. We need to chat about this whole <laughs> angel thing. You know they didn't become an angel, right? <laughs> we – can we get coffee? Because your theology is bad. <laughs> Very specifically, that is a that's a different title. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I did this. I I did not this thing, but I did this recently. I was having a conversation with someone, and they we were talking about one thing, and they mentioned like um, all sins are equal, and uh, I, I, yeah. I, biblically it's just not right. Like I right. know that's not right. I I should not have even said it. Like it 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 just totally distracted from what we were talking about. It caused a significant level of confusion, and regardless of whether what I said was correct. It just there was no reason to have said it, and I yeah. regretted it yeah. for days after that. I thought, why did I even? Tr-? It doesn't matter that it was true. <laughs> it's just, it, it wasn't really the thing to focus on. Right? All then. sins are equal. No, you could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that to the bull that was slaughtered instead right. of yeah, the, exactly. the pigeon. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's like there is literally a categorical system of like this sin means pigeon, uh-huh. this sin means bull. Sorry, we stoned your daughter. All you needed was a pigeon. <laughs> it's like it's funny. It's funny. The bull's watching people walk by going, come on over here, you pervert. <laughs> I know what you're here for. That's right. You're coming for me. You're a bad man. There's some rough stuff. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Uh, what's the this? Number five? Uh, the Satan is testing me. Where's this guy what? getting this window to sit at? It looks very dangerous. This, the, the picture that they have next to this thing is a person holding their hands above their head like this by a window. But the window is even with the floor, so like you could easily fall out and die. It's a very dangerous window to be depressed by. Do you think it might be a glass door? Uh, you think Paul's preaching? No, look. The, <laughs> oh, well, maybe it is a door. But doesn't it look like? Oh, it looked like there were windows. Never mind. Never mind. Buva, I mean, yeah, Buva might be right. Well, luckily God just got another angel. How many times <laughs> have you been through a really tough situation and thought this is the devil's work? Oh gosh. Uh, not not guilty. Although, uh, not to me personally, but I have seen I have seen situations or and not just like broad things in the word, but like specific situations where I'm like, that is a significant presence of evil. 
Uh, and whether that is a machination of uh, the Templar himself, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of evil uh, spiritual presence, or just a culmination of the influence of that into the world, I wouldn't I wouldn't have any reason to like say which one of those it is. But like certainly there have been times where I went like that is just evilness happening. Right yeah, there. right. Yeah, it seems more than just the the like uh, uh, the the inner temptations and the inner evil that exist in our flesh. I keep saying it now that you said stop saying it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's like, that's like, this is systemic stuff that's hitting here. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Definitely. Okay. Uh, how many times have you been through, okay, and thought that you were being tested by him? You may have good intent. Now, here's the thing. Uh, uh, it, it's interesting because I, I don't know that Satan gets much testing you. He gets something testing Jesus. The temptations right. of Jesus attempt to thwart his good work into the world. Uh, roadblocks, for sure. Uh, but like like a personal... Satan is is like Jesus. He comes after me. I just like there's an arrogance to it, uh, right? And it, it, it lacks a little self reflection. As I, like often, I think it is it is a personal thing that you're like, oh, I'm being I'm being put upon, as opposed to look, I'm just being lazy. I'm accept, I'm doing the thing that I want right. to do. I'm not listening to Jesus, and so like I don't like it because it just distracts from what is likely something that is within your control. And like I and this is not to take us on a, a super far tangent here, tangent. but like that's something that that I've struggled with kind of trying to understand about the enemy as, as a character in this story of, of life, right? Like it, it doesn't seem to me that there's really anything outside of like Jesus's temptation, Adam and Eve, and then Job really where like Satan is actually actively doing something in somebody's life adversarially against them, specifically them. And like, I don't know if I'm right in that thinking first off as my premise, but like, I just I don't know. I, I try not. I, I struggle with the thought of like Satan specifically this this powerful thing or that has its power taken away from us is against me specifically. Like I, Satan's in my room with me right now talking to me about stuff. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think it's possible, just not likely. Like, yeah. And there, and, or, or lower demonic. I mean, what's when the, the I'm thinking of like the sexual fast that 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 Paul talks about, like mm-hmm. the, to do it for a short time or lest you be tempted. The Satan yep. tempts you, you know. It's like, well, he's implying there's going to be another entity there, like saying, "Hey, you know, going with those natural urges." And there's the neighbor, right. um, uh, or, so- or even like, uh, what was what's the picture in? Is it First Peter where like um, it waits for you like a lion? Mm-hmm. Is that yep. one thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, do I like? Can that mean machinations of Satan in the world? Right. I think it can. Yeah, yeah. Is it possible? Uh, that it's a like evil spiritual force, a demon force, or uh, or Satan himself. I, like again, I, it's possible. Yeah. I just don't. I don't find it super likely. Probably right, not like yeah. every day, every moment. Like because yeah. the, the evil within. I mean, there's both. It, it's yes. it's uh, there, There's a yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose if I if if we're talking about like let's say major political powers in the world warring against each other, right? Like you would say one country is warring against another. The soldier that's on the front lines may believe that that country is against them, but they're actually fighting a dude named Jim yeah. that's on the other's line of the battle, right? Yeah. Like it's a representation. It's Germany against you know whatever. Uh, World War Two, but like they don't believe that it's that private against them. It is. It's the German government or the Ger- Germany as a country that's against. Yeah, them, yeah, yeah, is yeah. how you would speak of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it says when a seeker hears this, they hear an accusation that they have allowed the devil to claim territory in their hearts. Who's saying that? Okay, oh, if you're God. saying this to a like a guy who doesn't know Jesus, <laughs> like weird. It's a weird thing to say in general. 
Uh, it's probably like, again, be, let's be careful, uh, flesh demons, about the types of things that we say in front of people who do not know Jesus. It can be legit confusing. Right. Uh, yes. We just mind your language. It's the kind of flesh statement demons. that can make people think that something is intrinsically wrong with them. Well, I mean, <laughs> that is the case scripture would make. Right. Uh, so, but not, not this thing, I guess. Yes, right. Something that has reached the inner depths of their souls. Yeah. Now, no, there's nothing wrong with doubting. Avoid these kinds of accusations at all costs. Weird. Mm, okay. Oh, 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 this is, oh, this one's surprising. <laughs> we found a spicy one. Oh, my. The, uh, this one, uh, is it the final one? Yeah. Okay. We found a chili this one is, dish. I'm blessed. That's it. Like, that's it. Just don't say I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Hmm. Oh, I'm interested to hear this story. You mean like, yeah. as opposed to I have been blessed? Yeah, maybe. Like God has blessed me or I am a blessed person. Like I am above. Is that what they're saying? Oh, May- well, what do you maybe? say against the Beatitudes then? I'm mm-hmm. saying guilty. Right. Yeah. Same. I mean, I don't go around going, hey, I'm blessed. But like. I wonder if that's the posturing that'll happen within the the, the argument. Yeah, maybe. Like, okay. You seem hoity-toity above everybody else saying, I'm blessed. Yeah. Like anointed. But, right. I'm anointed one. Yeah. yeah. But I mean. Even that could be isn't true. that true too? <laughs> yeah. Although it's like, uh, but but you're not anointed as a holistic person. Like you're chosen for a task, right? Or a, or a, a expression of something. Uh, and I, I think blessed in the same. I'm blessed because of blah blah blah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I but holistically as a person rescued by the work of Jesus on like that's blessing. I'm blessed. I don't. Okay. Let's see what it says. Hmm. I'm not guilty on this one. God loves to bless His people. Oh, good. He starts early. Excellent. Starts L- look early. at chapter one in the Bible. Oh, well, that's that's way early. In Genesis one twenty eight, we read, <laughs> "Then God blessed them." If your God is more concerned with smiting than blessing, you miss something somewhere. So, what's the problem with saying I am I'm blessed? At times, we see it through a cultural lens. Someone asks you how you're doing, and you respond, "Life is good. I'm blessed. Living the dream." I knew you were going to say. Ju- that. <laughs> you the just second you read that, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you just bought your first home. You write on Facebook, "I just closed on my first house." I'm living the blessed life. This seems like something this person is like particularly. They're angry at their Facebook friends. <laughs> I mean, it, like, uh, like uh, it's it's uh, Bogo Cappuccino Friday. <laughs> Man, I, blessings upon I'm blessings. Blessed. Like, I mean, maybe you could th- talk about you're living it shallowly. Although, I mean, sometimes you get a Bogo and you're like, hey. <laughs> This is, all, this is all right. Feel good. Two blessed. weeks ago, I lost a coupon to Subway. <laughs> Just found it between the seats. I'm blessed. <laughs> oh, let's see. Too too often, uh, we equate God's blessing with our circumstances or possessions. Okay. Both are flawed interpretations of the blessed life. In the Bible, the blessing of God has nothing to do with the events of your life. Now, that would be weird because the example that was given in Genesis of, like, <laughs> children are a blessing. Yes. It's an event. It's, uh-huh. a, it's an event. <laughs> And so, I, I scripturally, I, I don't... Event-based blessings. I don't agree. I, I understand what she's, they are trying to protect. Yeah. I just don't know. Um, I don't agree with that, actually. I think a lot of times um, God will talk about specific things yeah. as blessings, not just because I created you, it is you are blessed. Half the Old Testament is specific statements of events that happened that were blessings of the Lord. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how clearly they I mean, said it, I don't know. But, like, it exists. Crops and... Yeah, you know, right. Yes. Yeah. Animals. And, here's yeah, a here's a well and a fountain where you didn't have water before. Blessing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the Bible, the blessing of God has nothing to do with the events of your life. Blessing is a declaration of God's approval of you, that God is for you and loves you. I mean, that's okay. Uh, I mean, it is true that God is for you and loves you. God's blessing is a reflection of your identity, not your circumstances. The statement "I'm blessed." is the foundational statement of truth as anyone can say. You are blessed right now, no matter your circumstances. Okay, so they're okay with you saying it, 
Uh, just not in reaction to any specific circumstances. Yeah. Don't say I'm blessed because of the BOGO. Yeah. Hey, are you blessed by God? I mean, in a general thing, yes. <laughs> not any specific circumstances. My wife, no. Right, oh, yeah, exactly. My children were born, no. not blessed. Just, just a long chain of I'm just blessed always. Yeah, just, these are just things that happen. It's a status effect that was put on me as a child, and it's never gone away. There are blessings in my life, but I am not blessed. Right, right. Okay, so here's here's my suggestion. is You could have easily written five five things you can't say while following Jesus. And, and maybe, one thing I don't like seeing on Facebook yeah, anymore. Yeah, and, some, and maybe a personal thing you need to resolve with Kathy. Like, don't need to be brought up to everybody else. <laughs> Uh, following Jesus means striving to be like him. He always obeyed his father, so that's what we strive to do. To truly follow Christ means to make him your leader. Each statement and decision he make is filtered through his word with the goal of glorifying him and everything. Well, it just seems like there's so much bigger things you could have put under right. what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't what really a great a resume there. You know, don't say blessed. Yeah. <laughs> I, what, what? Don't what? say I'm blessed. Okay, can you think of any, like, what did she mean? Like, things that you would say that you're like, hey, you should knock that off. Uh, I I think of specific verses that are just weirdly taken out rather than statements like the Philippians 413. Uh, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me as dudes at like the gym that are like, all right, I can do this. I can do this right now. I can bench this 350 because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so basically any out of context type of scripture. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I taking taking a story that's in the Bible and then making it to be about you specifically in that moment seems weird to me. Yeah. Like it can relate to you and it can be a, a telling of God's, uh, God's identity and how it happened in another story that's meant to show you who your father is. But like, that's weird to go like, well, I was able to lift a car one time off of somebody because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me specifically. Yeah. 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 That seems weird to me. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Dan, can you think of any? Uh, of specific things to not say yeah things you shouldn't say I, I mean you know things that tear people down things that are gossipy things that are boastful right. and arrogant uh i mean yeah. lifestyle things that 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 lift you up and bring jesus down or other people down right i, I mean those seem a lot bigger to me than <laughs> than you know do you think yeah. it's okay to yell at rich people that it's difficult for the rich to get into heaven like just as a societal yell, I mean, because you're angry you at other people being yeah. so blessed. <laughs> Is that a hundred dollar bill, sir? Because I've got a word of wisdom for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for a rich man. You should give me that money. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's a really good point, Dan. Is that like um, a lot of our posturing? It's not even the specific words necessarily, but like interacting with people and using your tongue in such a way yeah. that mm-hmm. that brings people down, like it helps them to misunderstand Jesus and your deceit. The, right. the yes. native tongue of the devil. Yep. Right. I mean. Right. Huh. Yeah. No, and I, you're not even making that statement. That's in the Bible. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You've got foundation to stand on there. Yeah. I would I, like, I would also, and this is, this is difficult. I'm going to say that up front because I, it's possible you guys, someone's going to hear me wrong here. Oh boy. But like, I think sometimes we, let's see, I'm trying to think of an example that doesn't. Okay. Uh, so here's, here's an example. I have seen a number of people like post divorce mm. um talking about it like it is a best thing ever like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And 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 in so I get it. Like in some circumstances, mm. I, I get it. Like I'm not in your marriages, in your relationships, like this as a relationship, it's probably there's ways in which it feels like a freedom. I yeah. I totally get right. it. Right. But like there's Maybe maybe it's just like there's a balance to the to the it's a morning 
Like there should be yeah. morning. And and again, I like I get we tend to posture. You tend to see it when people are like posting something or whatever. I'm like great, you know, I've been I've been blessed. God has provided me a new opportunity. I'm like, well, was something really that that something that shouldn't have happened happened. And like I, maybe it wasn't your fault. Maybe that like the divorce yeah. was legitimate. Totally. But like I I struggle I struggle with what that feels like, especially um in an audience. Right, I was gonna say. That's I, I get a it. personal relationships. I totally get it. But like, especially when it's like social media types of mm-hmm. things, um, it gives the impression that like you didn't, people didn't have a holistic picture of what it is to like mourn something that God yeah. created for good. Right. And now we're like, it feels like, well, God's in His goodness uh, set me up so that I could date somebody else. Right. Uh, um. And yeah. so like, I I know this this is um. You can't take what I just said and like easily apply it because I I get that they're more nuanced situations, but like I. I struggle with that only, probably because of the medium and, yeah, and yeah. the picture it paints more so than anything else. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right. Anyway, yeah. uh, maybe if you if you uh, thought of anything, maybe you were sitting at home and uh, uh, picking your nose and you thought to yourself, hey, here's something as a follower of Jesus I should uh, – people should stop saying. And uh, Why? What do you mean? Why would you add the picking their nose thing? I wanted to make them feel welcome. Maybe they thought maybe they're not talking to me because I'm a nose picker. Don't you think? <laughs> I feel like they kind of. I know. Okay, I just, maybe just you know. have diphtheria. Is that better? <laughs> sure. Broadening the audience. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yep. Maybe you have created your own personal grotto in your backyard using a smattering of garbage and rocks, and you would like to comment on this article. Such a hyper specific <laughs> situation. <laughs> I'm just saying, some people need to be seen right. before they'll be heard. Five one five five one seven five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Call or text. What should uh, Christians stop saying? We'd love to uh, hear from you if you can get out of that grotto and uh, get some cell service down the road a piece and uh, let us know uh, what you think. Okay. Uh, things things that we're not going to hang out on, but I just thought were interesting in the old news. Did you know Rob Schneider became a Catholic? What? Rob Schneider. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Like from every Adam Sandler movie from 1996 to now? Yeah. 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 No flippies off the dock. Yeah. That's him. I heard him on a podcast today. Sounded kind of Christian-y. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know the context of what you know. Yeah, what a badge of honor. I mean, yeah, but I don't mean like using Christianese. No, I, mean, I got like, you. like yeah. sounded like, huh? Like almost like we're brothers. I don't know. Yeah, what's fact, going on? Okay, I'll read. I will read just a piece of this. Was he Jewish? Uh, I think he was maybe agnostic. I I don't know. Um, actually, I'll see what he see what it says. It says since converting to Catholicism. Uh, uh, an announcement the Saturday Night Live alum made on his 60th birthday in October. Schneider feels called to leave behind the type of comedy he has performed in the past, and he doesn't care what Hollywood thinks about that decision. I know I can't do the same stuff I used to do, he told the Christian Post, not because I have anything against what I did. I did what I did, and I felt fine about it at the time. You can do it! (laughs) But I won't do the same stuff I've done. I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to come to it from a place of faith, a place of something good in my heart. I, I don't know if I can tell dirty jokes anymore, he added. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I'm going to. I have an act I'm doing now. I don't know if I'll do Okay, this is a, we could have summarized these quotes. <laughs> there so are seven I, things I can't <laughs> say now. People talk all the time. It doesn't mean anything. I hope that me standing up for what I believe in, God, family, country, I'm okay with whatever comes my way, positive or negative. When you have faith, nothing can really rock you. Uh, he says, I'm the luckiest man in the world. At last, it is forgiveness itself that is the gift that we give ourselves because it frees us as Christ intends for all of us to be free. For his gift of ultimate and unlimited forgiveness is indeed the gift for all humanity. We are all God's children. He didn't say that part. I added that for effect. Because Google would say it. Oh, whatever. Uh, let's see here. We're all God's creations. I'm not speaking. Now promoting blah, blah, blah. Family friend or Larry Blue. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So that, that, this, this will sound maybe be misunderstood, and I don't intend this negatively. 
but that that sounds pretty pretty uh pretty deep for for a catholic person <laughs> i was i mean I don't, weirdly I mean, I mean, enough i was kind of thinking the same uh-huh. thing yeah i mean it's like, it's, like those are some serious professions are like, that are i'm changing my there. life rather than hey i'll do what i want i'll confess later i mean yeah. right it's like wow i'm impressed i meant that as a good thing <laughs> except yeah. for the other you know every yeah. other <laughs> okay yeah well okay oh wait he said hey, this is interesting he said there's a real storm brewing he warned jesus already won this is a mop-up mission but it will be a mission you need to fortify yourself and protect yourself, protect your family with faith, and also be prepared. There's a culture war that's happening, whether that culture war turns into spiritual warfare or an actual war, and there's war in some parts of the world. It's time to get closer to God and to heed the words and be strengthened by it, not weakened, not fearful. Good for him. Right, wow. Go. That's Rob, awesome. Rob Schneider, known to Bigelow and Catholic. And blessed. Known. Uh, oh, gosh. Hey, speaking of Catholics, uh, <laughs> I thought this was funny. I, and super interesting. I don't know, uh, Buva, you're not scrolling to Facebook anymore. So uh, maybe, Dan, maybe you saw this. But there is a prayer app that came out called Hollow. And, I have it. Uh, wait, you downloaded it? No, no, no. Oh. no. I've, heard, I've heard the name. I think I've seen ads or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I saw ads. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's defending its partnership with actor Liam Neeson. Hey, is it because of the racist stuff he said that one time? Uh, no, it's because he's um he had given pro uh, pro abortion remarks. Oh, he yeah. uh he made a comment one time that he he like had a friend who got uh, who got beat up yeah. by a person of color in his words. Yeah, and so he was so mad about it that he just went outside and was going to find the first person of color he found and beat the crap out of him. Oh yeah, I remember hearing that story and yes. like I, I I he was giving it as a demonstration yes, of right. like. This was wrong. Uh-huh. Yes. Not I. I defend this behavior and believe it. <laughs> yes. Anyway, and it got blown out. Uh, the Hollow announced its collaboration with Neeson and actor Jonathan Rumi of The Chosen, the Jesus from The Chosen, uh-huh. for the Advent Pray Twenty Five Challenge. The initiative will feature readings from the works of C.S. Lewis, voiced by award-winning actor and the voice of Aslan in the Narnia movies, oh, Liam Neeson. Nice. This is what I'm saying. That's awesome. I thought sweet. One, uh, Liam Neeson. Uh, I thought, whoa, was he a Jesus man? And two, it seemed pretty fun. Like, yeah. What a cool deal. Read that by Aslan would be great. Um, although it's funny, this is the second time I've seen someone describe this. They said uh, Liam Neeson, Jonathan Rumi, and an incredible nun will guide you in daily prayer for four weeks of Advent. And an incredible nun. Like the nun, I, and I assume this is intentional. Uh, like the nun yeah. did not want to be named. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. Don't use my. You know. Well, and he's got a particular set of skills that could really this what I, yes. come in handy for this. <laughs> this is right. I was going to do it. I thought I was going to. I did not download it, but I might. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. Advent Pray 25 will focus on the three comings of Christ personally into each of our hearts, his second coming at the end of time, and as an infant in Bethlehem. Wait, so what was the contention of, like, why people would have problems with Liam Neeson? Uh, there was a, so Catholic YouTube personality, Brian Holdsworth. Oh, sorry. Hollow's collaboration with Neeson did not sit well with many Catholics because the actor voiced his support for the 2018 abortion referendum in the home country of Ireland. Got it. The referendum, which passed with two-thirds of the vote, overturned the country's ban on abortion, which included exceptions for when a mother's life is at risk. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Okay, yeah. Anyway, that's it. I thought, uh, oh, it was interesting. They said uh, Hollow responded and suggested that the app considered Neeson's pro-abortion advocacy when deciding whether or not to hire the actor to do work. It said, it's something we've discerned intensely, Hollow wrote in a tweet. Uh, Hollow stands proudly and unequivocally in support of all Catholic Church teaching, especially the pro-life stance of the Church, uh, and the if affirmation of the end of abortion as the preeminent priority. We would never allow any content on the app that goes against the pro-life teaching of the Church. Hmm. So, and I, I, it's interesting because I think it, it's it's asking similar questions 
and maybe there's a nuance in here, but like, is it okay to have a uh, non-Christian uh, play bass in your worship band? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, right. Uh, do you say like if it if it, if it or or um can you um if someone doesn't yeah if someone doesn't agree with all of your theology, is it okay to sing a, something that they wrote that praises Jesus in your church? Like, I. I understand that there's a caution, and um, I think there are there are places where people can misunderstand um, based upon the exposure of a person, and so I think you have to you do have to be discerning. But like, it's not an automatic disqualifier for me. Right. I, sinful humans are part of all the things. Yep. So agreed. Okay. Anyway, I thought those were some uh, some interesting stories. All right, let's hit up. Um, oh, hey, before I get but Buva, we're going to start with the revelation question. So I'll let you frame it up here in just a second. But uh, tis the season. To spend your money on re- on regrettable items, and you can do that by going to lifeinthepath.org backslash shop. Yes, and uh, there is uh, there's uh, t-shirts out there with a fresh design of uh, of uh, this says I don't want it says life from the path on it. What do you, I don't know what you think it's going to say. It's what it says. Uh, but there's also there were a series of shows where like I decided I was going to release a t-shirt a quote for like every show, and I think I did like three shows in a row, and then I stopped. One is uh, uh, there's a Mike Machoman shirt. Like, I, I can't remember what we were even talking about. No clue. It's supposed to be Macho Man. Mike, we, we came up with the name Mike Machoman. Anyway, you can order a Mike Machoman shirt. Uh, what was it? Was it Whisper in Mirror and Call Me Diesel? Was it that Nathaniel said? Oh, God. Anyway, yes. Uh, that, yeah. the Call Me Diesel's out there in case you want to pick that up. Terrifying. <laughs> there's uh, there's uh, some propaganda with the thrift store priest on there. And uh, there's a trucker hat. How's that hat? Boobies I love okay? that hat. It's a good hat. I love that hat, and it it it's it's nice because of the fact that like it looks like it's worn in a good way. Yeah. Uh, and I dig that style of hat. It's good stuff. It's okay. Good construct. Good good construction. Yeah. It's a good. Uh, there's some nice items out there. So go ahead and go uh, go to livefromthepath.org backslash shop, and you can pick up um, uh, mugs too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Check it's it out. A, it's playing cards. Plan. I need to get these playing cards. Playing cards would be sweet. We need to get yeah. live from the back monopoly. Anyway, go you, to the shop. Do you really things. collect playing cards, Dan? I, I do. Every time I go somewhere. Oh, sweet. I have them all over the world. Okay, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Okay, Except anyway. from us. Oh, yeah. Now's the, now's the time to change that. They're only moderately marked up, Dan. <laughs> I think we make a buck on everything. I, I don't remember. What, the suggestions were like, hey, you should charge an extra $4 for this shirt. And like, Pfft. people are barely going to buy it anyway. Right, exactly. I got to put a buck on that thing. Yeah, we're not going to sell 100000 of them. It's going to make a big deal. <laughs> okay. Anyway, just go check it out uh, and uh, so you can get your orders in time for the uh, holiday season. Your Live from the Pathware is available at livefromthepath.org backslash shop. Yeah, and it's not too late. Like, there's plenty of time between now and Christmas for you to tell your loved ones to go grab your shirt, too. Yeah, yeah, some, drop, some, drop some hints. Yeah. I wish, pe- I wish people knew I listened to Live from the Path. I wonder how that could happen. What do you think, babe? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I wasn't talking to you, Boo. <laughs> that, that was awkward. I mean, I know you don't usually call me babe on the show. Yeah. But like, okay. This is Monday. I don't do it on Mondays. <laughs> what's You're your, only babe Tuesday through Thursday. Yeah. What's your question, babe? <laughs> That'd be the creepiest ask the pastor ever. Uh, what's your question, babe? Go, go ahead. Hit me with it. Go ahead, baby. <laughs> Okay, here's my question. Um, why is Revelation the end? Yeah. So, uh, obviously, I understand that, like, it's a good way to tuck up the end. I even made the, the joke earlier that, like, it ends in amen. That's pretty cool. So, it all, let it always be this way. Um, it seems to end on a high note of, like, the Lord wins yep. and, and all the different stuff. But, like, I don't know if I know, truthfully, what my foundation is to stand on if someone were to ask me logically if I could explain to them why I believe that the Bible got tucked up after Revelation. So we've got the 66 books that exist in what we call our Bible today. 
Um, there are other or there are other writings that we know of that did not make it into the 66. And then there were things that happened after this that were writings. And I believe that the Lord is still speaking to people. And so what was the cutoff? Like, do we believe theologically that there was a specific point in time or there was a council that happened or anything like that? Like, I honestly don't know if I can answer the question of why did it stop at Revelation? And I'm, I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Okay. I don't know, Dad. Do you want to cut out, or do you want me to take it? Uh, go, go for it. I mean, okay. it's just, it's, yeah, go for it. Okay. So, I, I like. I think if you answer the macro question of where do we get our scriptures, mm-hmm. yep, um, it starts. It starts to help with that. Okay. Yep. And so, um, f- focusing on the New Testament specifically, like they, the um, a, a lot of times, what you'll see is that there's there's um, people who want to argue, hey, like. Uh, the Bible ended up like a council of kind of old white dudes mm-hmm. in Nicaea, and that's where we got kind of our scriptures codified. Right. Um, and so, like, the books are being hidden from you. As a matter of fact, I, like, I've seen this recently from people who claim to love Jesus. They're like, the hidden books. <laughs> They're not reading the hidden books, and that's where they actually revealed all this stuff. Um, I, it's it, it, it misunderstands um, the Council of Nicaea, for one. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not, like, they didn't sit there and go— Here's all the books, uh, the writings that are possible. This one's in, this one's out, this one's in, this one's right. out. Right. What they what they realize or recognize is that there was possible contention um because there were so many people that like were false writing. They're yeah. like they would write on go like, hey, it's the fourth gospel of Peter. Well, I mean, Peter was not Peter was dead. Right. And so mm-hmm. people were writing. So they they said, We need to figure out a way. How do we protect people from false teaching? Yeah. And frankly, just just look at the crux of most of the epistles. They're talking about false teaching. They're trying to figure yep. out ways to otherwise protect the church from this kind right. of thing. So, like, it's the the way that you would look at something like the Council of Nicaea nefariously looks the exact same way of someone trying to do something well, right? Group mm-hmm. of people get together and go, "All right, yeah, I, I, can we write it down? The ones that we trust." Now, what didn't happen is you got a bunch of people in the room who had no idea which books were believed and which ones were right. like real or fake at the time. They knew it. In mm-hmm. fact, that was actually pretty well established by the second, like middle of the second century. And you can tell um, because you can see what people are quoting. Mm-hmm. So like stuff like the, you know, you get the Gospel of Thomas or again, multiple Gospels of Peter, second versions of Acts and things like this. Like you do not see other biblical, like like uh, Christian writers mm-hmm. in that time who are like writing letters to other people. They're not quoting those things. They're quoting the things that we, we actually codified. So yeah. that's ultimately what happens is, is you get this group of people who look if they ask, ask everybody you're talking from two different places because the new testament has multiple traditions like it went geographically two different directions yep and still these people come together and go all right uh, like which ones do we know for a fact came from like um we we, we think the writings are, are accurate what's been been given to us or translated to us yep. um and they were by someone who had like a, a witness who was there right okay? or okay. who in luke's case interviewed witnesses or whatever um and so – and then which ones are that? And so then they look around, and they, they basically affirmed what everybody already knew, which at the same time creates a line that then says anything that we did not affirm, we do not trust. Mm-hmm. Like we either know it to be false. Um, there's things in it that don't match like things that Jesus had said or like count or have Jesus acting in a way that he, he never did. And which the thing is, is this is where the conspiracies come in because you go, oh, well, you kept – you said no to this. Because it revealed something about Jesus that you didn't want everybody to know, like that he was married to Mary gotcha, or okay. something like that. But like, again, the nefarious thing looks exactly what a, like, what a discerning thing would yep. be, which is this is not true because it doesn't match anything else that happened. And so, no, it's not inc- – we didn't affirm it. 
That does make sense. Yes, and so I, that's why it's that's why the conspiracies like um, persist with some of the like books that didn't make it is yeah. around mm-hmm. that because like doing the right thing looks exactly like doing the wrong thing. The same motions would have occurred. Yeah. Okay. So now, so that means like by the time you start getting kind of a firm scripture, um, you're out of people who can write more. Like if one ah. of the things that the church said in confidence is that like we we want people's accounts of Jesus. Uh, and people are quoting the things that Jesus has said that everybody should know about. It should come from people who actually walked with Jesus. Got it. Uh, and so, that, so that's that's how you end up with what you have. There can't be people creating new, um, and which is interesting, right? Because we don't believe that Jesus is not still speaking. Like the Holy Spirit is still working right. in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Believe that miracles are still occurring. There's mm-hmm. there's things that universally still happen to the to and through the church, as, as Scripture actually showed. That it would be the case. Mm-hmm. But like the, the narrative, the things that we actually codified and said, look, everybody uh, should know this thing um, that that ceased when you got people who were no longer who were no longer kind of the generation who otherwise yeah. interacted with Jesus. OK. Yeah. Now, the placement of of revelation uh, is human. The whole the whole placement of books in the Bible is human. Humans did this. Right. right? Humans also wrote the books, so, right? right? So, like, it's the same reason. I like. I don't have a problem with how the books were set in in whatever the conceivable order is, because I don't have a problem with a human having written them. Either way, God is responsible for making the thing, making sure the things that He cared about or that were important to know that were true were written down, right? And that they were otherwise brought together in whatever way they're supposed to. The church has protected this for centuries, okay, and so. Um, I, I don't have an issue with that. It is it's storytelling. The way that the Bible is stitched together is storytelling, just like the narr- narratives themselves often are. As a matter of fact, um, the order that we have our current Old Testament is yeah. is not in the order that the that the Jews had. Right. It's it's in it's not in the same way. We end on the reason we your your modern Bible ends on Malachi is because it sets you up perfectly to start taking in Matthew. Mm-hmm. It's a narrative. The people that like they, we we ordered this in this way. Um, originally, I, I want to say it's like Second Kings or something, or Second Corinthians. Right. It's one like it ends on a history book. That's mm-hmm. if you had the Jewishes caught like the Tanakh, it would have ended in one of those things. Because that's more chronological, right? Uh, yeah, uh, not necessarily specifically I mean, if, chronological, but timing wise. Yes, timing wise, and you end up with like again string of kings and yep. like and actually there's something very beautiful about the the way the Tanakh is put together, like the narrative. You've got the prophecy that sits in between some of these things, yeah. right? But like. You know, I, do I do I understand that when when Gutenberg starts printing the Bible, um, like you, stuff starts to shift around because you now have the context of what Jesus has done, mm-hmm. and now you recognize how that ties together, and so you end in Malachi. Okay, right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, does does the Book of Revelation serve as a fitting end to the entire narrative of Scripture? Yes. Yeah. It's a great. Yes, book it end. does. And I wouldn't be surprised if John doesn't recognize this. He is the final writer. So mm-hmm. like his his contributions, uh, this is it's debatable, of course, but like I, it's my belief that his contributions are the latest, um, both his gospel, holy, like compared to the other gospels, and mm-hmm. then the Book of Revelation for sure. And so as you look at these types of things, like is it possible that he recognizes that like every all the other apostles have died, right? Jesus is is resurrected. Uh, he's it, and so he's yep. pulling a narrative together in a way of which the church can understand this ongoing relationship with the. Um, now but not yet um um and the ongoing spiritual influence of the things that are going on in the earth and what it means to persevere going forward it's a timeless narrative right what and and if you see how he ties it up like you get pictures of 
you know, uh, the Garden of Eden start to show back up at the end of Revelation. Yep. Um, and so, yes, I, I do believe I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that John recognized that that caps off what we're likely to codify as as scripture. Um, and then the, the, the people of Jesus like recognize this over time and simply affirm it, not manufacture it to be nefarious. Mm. OK. All right. I can accept that. I think that's that's interesting because so uh, I did know a little bit of that beforehand. I always thought um, that one of the things that we're looking at from from the perspective of like what got in and what didn't was like um, how many versions we have of of the the writing itself. Like, can we double check, triple check that like this is what was written in there from like what was written down when uh, when the Jews were in Babylon in exile? Right. Like we have multiple uh, multiple versions of this text that is the same written in multiple different areas that can basically backfill and and and. Uh, uh, give credit to and check itself. It's true in the Old Testament, yeah, for sure. Like you've got the Masoretic text and the, the right, Greek, yes, the right, Greek yes, version, right? Uh, of which there, I mean, there aren't there are sometimes discrepancies, nothing yep, that's super right. significant. And, but even in the New Testament, like to your point, like if you're trying to validate one, do we have like what are the things that everyone treated as mm-hmm. like something that I should react to? It shows up in two different traditions of yeah biblical texts. Because um, again, it's it split. I, I think it's north south. Um, and then, then they had to kind of bring it. This is where you get like the the Eastern Orthodox Church. Uh-huh. Like yep. this is where the splits are. But we agree on the scripture, right? Um, and then you've got like the thing I was talking about, where you can reconstitute a significant amount of the Old Testament based upon people or the New Testament with people quoting. Like yeah, when they right. dude writes letter to wife at home and uses half a Jude. Um, yep. And like you were able to reconstitute most of that stuff. Like the interesting. There's no a no significant ancient document that is as well attested as the new testament right um and it's not true for the things that we that they did not affirm um and like it's again i think we run a risk i do have there is a let me say this there is a trust in it though yeah there is a trust in it because like could could nefarious person who wants to keep someone down go well we don't like the gospel of thomas because it said uh that you can't be a landlord everyone should live at your house for free landlords hate that so they took it away yeah exactly that's how we make money jesus that's right i get the temptation to see it that way um, I have to trust if I trust that the text of Matthew is what God intended for it to be. Yep. Um, and I do then I have to trust that he otherwise like curated this and made sure that we had something sustained over time. Um, but it, there, there are a lot of humans in that process. And if you can't trust right. human messiness in God's work, then you don't even believe the biblical narrative. <laughs> right. right. You didn't read it. Yes. So like I get it. It won't it won't stand up in the same way as if you got to watch a lockbox travel over centuries. Yeah. Uh like I get that you would feel better, but like part of this is a is a faith in in God type of thing that yep. like he he had to have protected this and I have to trust that what I'm what I have is intentional and that we're like if something would have come out. Yep. Um and that he wouldn't have allowed this to be affirmed in the way that it was. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I know Dan, anything else to add on that no, one? No, I think that's pretty solid. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, and I actually, one of the things we were talking about with the show, just as you brought the topic up, is we do, we would agree, however, that like the, it, towards the end of Re- Revelation where it says nothing should be added uh, or taken away from this, this prophecy, uh, it's not, it's not fair to render that all the way back over scripture as John's intent. Um, even though I believe it to be true that you shouldn't do that. Right. Um, is that it's it, self-contained. It's, it is self-contained. And w- what's interesting is that um, this is where if you're, if you're Mormon, like you would um you would actually have a an opening to say like well here's we know here's another an addition another gospel of Jesus Christ um 
and a Christian might go, well, we're not supposed to add or take away from the, the scripture. <laughs> and and a good Mormon would go, well, I mean, that's really for the book of Revelation. You're kind of reading your Bible out of context. Right. Um, now, they do get into some prophetic things, which I think they would be rightfully trampling on Revelation. But in either case, um, I don't know, just be careful. You got to be, be smarter than the Mormons. Uh, take things into context. Be able to talk about it wisely. Don't put that on a shirt. Do it. You better do it. They're sharp sometimes. <laughs> They're sharp sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, gosh. You're listening live from the path. Yes, you are. Okay. What are we, uh, how are we doing on time here, Booba? All right, let's get to your, let's take up, let's take up ladies, uh, Paul's ladies. Oh, boy. On okay. a different, uh, let's take that on a different week. That seems fair. Let's hit John. Okay. Yep. And uh, so again, um, uh, reading through my Bible uh, relatively slowly, but quick enough that I'm taking in good chunks of all four Gospels in about a two and a half week period. And so um, reading through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, no real issues that things were going crazy. But like by the time I got to John, I just felt like I was reading a whole different, uh, whole different story. Not from the, well, I shouldn't say that, just from the perspective of it seemed very odd uh, and, and different than the first three. And I don't know if it was just the feeling of it or the conclusions that were drawn or the larger narrative that seemed to be driven within the text of John. Like, instead of starting with a genealogy or instead of starting with the story of John the Baptist, you've got this very ethereal breakdown of like the word became flesh in the beginning and like the word was God and the word was with God and all this different stuff. And like, you can tell that it's Jesus, but it's just, it seems to be these larger, um, more nebulous thoughts that are happening and that are being synthesized by John that just don't seem to, to match up with the general thematic and storytelling uh, uh, usage within the first three gospels. And so I was just interested, like I, I'm trying to figure out what's the place here. Like what's, what's happening here that I'm, 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 I, maybe I'm misunderstanding, maybe I'm reading it incorrectly, but like, it just seems to be, I don't know, for lack of a better way to put it more flowery and like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So like, what's going on here? What's so different about John versus the first three gospels? I think I, I think for starters he well it's it's okay to accept that he's a different dude, right? Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's uh, just people in general uh -huh. can uh, use different writing styles or yep. whatever, come across it differently. And there's totally differences within Luke and within Mark yep. and with Matthew, obviously too. I understand that. Yeah, but mm -hmm. it, it is totally right. Like uh, John is is very distinct. So like where most of the gospels, like um, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Uh, have a lot of crossover. Mm -hmm. John is almost the opposite. So like if 80% right. of, of those gospels have, it's like tell similar stories, there's 20% uniqueness across the three. Uh, John's like the 80% on his own. He's right. unique 80% of the time. Yep. Um, and so I, I do think that one of the, one of the ways of which this is likely happening is that John is writing much later. So, okay. You know, like Mark is, Mark is in Peter's lifetime. Yep. Uh, Cause he's, he's listening to Peter tell stories um, Luke is a little bit longer, but like you still get this, like, this is still probably fifties or early sixties, Matthew's mm -hmm. maybe late forties, early fifties, I think. Um, but if you look at John, uh, John's likely writing, uh, and J John's always de debatable. They get in the same problem when you're trying to date the book of revelation, but like, I think he's in the, he's in the eighties, nineties, um, for him. Interesting. And so he, he's quite a ways, he's quite a ways down the road. And so it's, it's. It's very normal that if you've seen all these other narratives go on and John continues to live kind of this full life following Jesus, mm -hmm. um, as he's looking back and writing down the story, he's not just writing out a set of facts. 
He's looking back on the implications of all these things over his life. Right. What he's seen it do in the world um, and the different parties that he's interacted with. So, yes, he, he interact with with Jewish folks. Yes. Yep. He planted churches in Asia Minor. And so, like, he's in a Greek territory. He's mm-hmm. in a Roman territory uh, or a lot of at least cultural influences for both of those things. And so as he goes to write down his his version of these events um one i think he's you see him include a lot of things that the other three fellows didn't include like he read them he knows what luke right. wrote right like he knows what and so like if he's adding to it um he's got the ability to share things that he felt like were important that did not show up mm-hmm. in those narratives um but but then yeah i think a lot of the flower language and some of it's who he is we can tell that from the book of revelation as well mm-hmm. but like other stuff is just as a as a pastor he's he's writing from a from a deeper um a deeper life that's taken things in that's seen things work that understands how people are hearing things and connecting dots that like all the other, the other three dudes died before they had a chance to connect um and, right. but, but John kind of uh, remains and so i think a lot of that probably can be attributed to uh, his life circumstance his his um living longer his ability to then write in the context of all those things that had already happened. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I guess I, I, I always, I, I never really thought of it. And this actually goes back to our, our previous conversation about like the chronological perspective of the new Testament, what's happening. I, I never, <laughs> I, I never thought so humanly mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. a gospel. And that's, there's something beautiful about that, right? Like that's interesting because um, I definitely tell stories different now than I would have 15 years ago. Yeah. And then I definitely tell stories different now about things that happened 15 years ago. Like my stories just are totally different because there's been time between event and, and now, and has allowed me to, to, uh, you know, see those kind of long reaching tendrils that, that things change and things happen. And so yeah. I suppose that does give John a very unique, especially amongst gospel writers, a very unique perspective as to go, not only did this happen thematically and this happened from a chronological, not even chronological, but a story progression perspective of like, Jesus did this, then he went here, Jesus did this, then he went here. And there's some in, in, in all of the gospels that have a like, well, this is actually what that meant behind it. But like John has seen so much happen within Jesus's church in those 70 years, like an insane amount. Yeah. But the, uh, the audience has changed. Right. You yes, know, exactly. It's no yes. longer a Jerusalem church. Yep, right. We're an Antioch church. It's 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 just spread out yep. so much more, and so someone like from America, two thousand years later, can pick up John and understand it better than Matthew. Going right, I don't I don't get all this Jewish stuff because I haven't. That's not my culture. Does I don't I don't mm-hmm. understand the law if they've never read anything. They can pick up John and, and just get it. Oh yeah, it's the story of God and His right. Son. Right, He loves me. And oh yeah. Oh, yes. Gosh, there's something really beautiful about that that I don't think I've ever really taken a step back to look at. Yeah. And like, I mean, what a storyteller God is, right? Like, we know that, and and that's not new information for any of us. But like, truthfully, I, I and I, I think I, I was speaking categorically of like what I believed each gospel meant uh, from the perspective of like who who was this being said to, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same general story about the same person and things that are happening, but like. Who's drawing things from each one of these stories? Yeah. But, and I've never thought of John that way, but yeah. that makes sense. Like it's 2000 years later. I don't need all of like the Davidic line things that you get within Matthew, right? Like I don't yeah. need all of the contextual things as it pertains to like, this is what was happening in Rome in that moment. And this is what that meant because mm-hmm. of this power that be like, we just see this and go, this is a larger narrative mm-hmm. about a creator God 
that has fulfilled the create or a portion of his creation to be closer to him than it was before because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And like, yeah, that's, we get John three sixteen. That's, that's that, that synthesized thing. That's like such a, an impactful foot to the ground stand up of like, this means things changed. Mm-hmm. And this means that what was, what was before is completely different than what is now in a way that like we have access to a God through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. And like, that's huge. And it was, it was very present within the other gospels, but there's something right, about right. like a, like this line in the sand of like, oh no, you don't, you don't realize how big this was for like I, everyone. I preached through Matthew before and I preached through John before, and they're very different things because in Matthew, I'm, I'm keying in on the Christians that are in the church yep. that have been there for a long time. Right. And they're like, okay, I've heard the story. I get the story, but they don't, but there's so much going back to a Jewish custom and, and, and Jew, you know, and there's a lot of background information. They're like, oh, it's, it's all exciting and stuff. But if I'm sitting down talking to someone who's not a Christian and and who uh, is maybe kind of curious about God, I'm I'm not going to go to Matthew. I'm going to go to John because that's that's just the story of God. Yeah, you know, that's, this is the story for you. This is the story you need to get. You don't you don't need you don't care about the tribes. You don't care about the, you know the Greek parsing of this and that and what, right. You know, yep. you just need to know about God. And, th- and then we'll go back to Matthew and and put and pieces build. together yes, for right, you later. Yes. But um, that that'd be like step one. Always. Whenever someone I talk to someone who's trying to figure out who God is, I, I don't say go to Matthew. I'll say go to John. Yeah, you know what? I, don't I say might start at the beginning. That's interesting. I might halt where I'm going with my reading, and with that in mind, get a good reading of John again, and just go like taking a step back, and this just being like brand new eyes of a believer. What is it? Or even a non-believer trying to understand what yeah. does this book mean? Because they're already like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't care who right. David is. I don't, yes. you know, I don't even know who David. You know, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know about I David know and Goliath. To from, me. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's 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 good to hear because like I think sometimes I for, I I get <laughs> I I feel like I strive too much for for being smart in certain things mm-hmm. and like there's a there's a there's a a good feeling of like being able to strike down to like pretend I know nothing. What mm-hmm. does this book mean to me? And how can I see the story of a of a beautiful creator God taking care of his creation? And like, how does that fulfill through the, the, the life and the ministry and the sacrifice and the ascension of his son, Jesus? And what does that mean for me? Ah, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and I think to a point that you made, it's, uh, I think we should, the, the fact that we have to think about John's personal situation or his time of life um, shouldn't put us ill at ease. Like, yeah. like we, we, God has always worked through fallible humans. Yep. He has used their humanity in ways to though otherwise progress his kingdom and his narrative. Um, and, and so like, um, I think it is, it's, it's interesting that God, like God has found the way mm-hmm. to use, uh, to create richness, um, in, in reflection of John's life. And right. so I, I think there was a time, you know, you, you find me 15, 20 years ago, I'm like, oh, well, shoot, man, the more a human is involved, the more that I'm like, well, how do we know? Are we sure? How could this be right? And like, the, the more that you recognize that God has always worked through fallible humans, then the question is, is like, do I trust God to work through fallible humans? Well, yes, I do. And so then I, I, I don't, I have less of a problem looking back at like, do I think I got the, the, the words that God intended? Yeah, I do. <laughs> through fallible human people who wrote it, wrote it down. Fallible human translators who got it into English, yeah. Like I, I recognize that there there are human frailties and all those things, but like 
God is good, and I'm I'm confident that he's taken care of me and my ability to understand what he's after, at least through the scriptures, in this way. And so order doesn't bother me. Writer doesn't bother me. Yep, Not, like, right. I'm good with all that stuff. In fact, I feel better about it now because, like, the veil is behind. Like, mm-hmm. you know there's not some sort of, like, this thing dropped from the heavens and landed on the ground. <laughs> I know there's a dude who wrote it down in faithfulness to Jesus, to the guidance of the Spirit. Yep. And, like, okay, like, I understand that. That thing happens now. Mm-hmm. Not for Scripture, but, like, through all kinds of other things. Right. Agreed. Hey, you're listening live from the path. Hey, maybe you have a um, uh, an ask the uh, ask the pastor, or I don't know. Maybe you're just uh, you're reading the word, or you're talking with people, and you're like, I wonder what the the fellows at Live from the Path uh, think about that. Hit us up at the Live from the Path Bob Eisenler complaint line five one five five one seven zero zero eight five call or text. We would love to hear from you. And um, if you got any feedback for us on the show, questions for us, or you just want to say, Ben, I went ahead and uh, ordered that hat, and I look forward to uh, wearing it atop my my balding head. That sounds great. I'm excited about it. You've nailed our demographic. I know. I know everybody. <laughs> they have a grotto, and their <laughs> their hair is on the way out. Diphtheria, grotto. They, and then a, they've God. joined a Christian cadre. Nose picking. What was it? No, enclave. That's what I wanted. <laughs> the enclave. They joined an enclave. Yes. yes. A what? It's not, not cadre. I wanted an enclave. enclave. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Let's give out some advice, Booba. All right. Dear, live from the path. Our son plays a college sport for which he receives four complimentary tickets for each game. It works out well because there are four of us in his immediate family. However, my husband has been asking friends of his to join us at games by offering them free tickets. (laughs) Our son then must find a teammate with unused tickets and ask for them. My husband gives no warning. He just announces a couple of days prior to the game that he's invited so-and-so. Then on game day, we are responsible for getting these friends in and seated with us. More than once, we haven't been able to enter stadiums and see our son before games or the beginning of a game because his friends are late and he must stay behind to meet them. I think it's inconsiderate to me and our son, excuse me, to me and our son that my husband turns it into a three-ring circus. He thinks the more the merrier and isn't concerned about the hassle he creates for our son or my feelings. Am I being irrational? Is college? Yes, college. Mm. College sport. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how much... How? Dan, you okay? Uh, it broke Dan. I, I'm, it broke me. How much? How? I mean, even a high school game. My, there's no way my dad could come in and see me before the game. Right. I mean, right. for like hours. Uh, you know, it's it's like I, when when are they going to see their son? They don't just right. go into the locker room. I mean, even if it's a rinky dink small college. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I mean, I don't know. This seem, this person seems to be representing that like. If they don't have this uh, complication for her husband, she can. Yeah, I think she's maybe exaggerating oh, okay. that. But still, nonetheless, um, you know what? Uh, they just need to buy him tickets or if they want him to come that badly and, and, and say, we'll meet you there. I mean, or, or let her just go on in without him. I mean. So wife's not being irrational. Husband's being irrational. I think they're both being okay. Just just. Yeah, right. Like there's some um, there's not only two ways to skin this fish, man. Yeah. And so if Dad's proud and like like yeah. if if it's if you don't want to be late, you don't want to walk in late. And it sounds like if there's four members of your immediate family, then the dad is not all three of them. Yeah. So right. you and in. the other two children, yeah, head on in. Go into yeah. the locker room. Yeah. So like put a play on the board. And this is this is pretty um this is pretty common. And and you do this in marriage relationships. You also you tend to do this between like uh parents and kids. Is there's one thing that's bothering you, and then you look for like extra things, and you try to load it up in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And he doesn't ever do the dishes. You, right, and like uh, to, <laughs> to to prove like it's a pattern of things. 
But like, you just got to be cautious because you end up looking silly. You have a main problem, which it sounds, it feels like your husband is not being considerate. I would suggest that one, I don't know what it has to do with you. If you don't want to be late, go ahead and walk in. If you have a healthy relationship and you're not worried about being in two separate places at the same time, go ahead and head on in. Uh, If your husband is creating chaos, then let him deal with the chaos that he's creating. If he has to stay out and wait with the late friend, fine. That's on him. Yeah, Yeah, right. And And I I bet he's fine with that. uh, And and he probably is. Now, the question, um, it it may be causing grief for your son, but if he's a college-age son, I think he probably should speak up. I think he should say, hey, Dan. The son should speak up to the dad yeah. and said it. Yeah. Because he's the one getting the chaos. Now, like, again, I, like, I get it. As a mom, you're probably like, boy, you're causing, you're embarrassing my son. You're causing him inconvenience or whatever. But, like, you can totally do this without being disrespectful. It doesn't mean you disrespect or do not love your dad if you go, hey, I get the four tickets. I don't really like asking for there's a, there are other. Those are for the other families. Yeah. And I don't want to ask him for them. And so if you want to invite friends, totally cool. Tell my sister to stay home or have him pay for the tickets. Okay. That's not being, it's like, no, I, yeah. I know it feels like there's a risk of being disrespectful to your dad, but like your dad's not owed like you to go hustle up tickets. As a matter of fact, I would say it's game day, pops. I don't want to be thinking about your tickets. Exactly. Yeah. No, right. Yeah. I want to think about winning. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Yeah. Okay. Secular says, you are not being irrational. Oh gosh, here comes the heavy. Uh-oh. Your husband behaves this way because he, full caps, doesn't have to bear the burden of inconvenience he causes. I, I mean, it sounds like he's also waiting out there, so I don't know if that's entirely true. If you mm. would like to put an end to what he has been doing, make him, full caps, responsible for buying his friend's tickets and missing the start of the game if they are late. Sure. Stop making it your problem and place it where it really belongs. Yeah, so, like, I, I don't disagree with that because it's essentially what we said, but, like, you need yeah. to pull the emotion out of it. Like, you're not punishing him. He's just the guy who wants to go do it. Like he's the guy who needs yeah. the extra tickets. So right. let, let him handle it. Yeah. That's it's not a like th- that's the thing. If if you're posturing like I'll show him, I'll make him get the tickets. Uh no. Just pull the emotion away from it. Hey Stan, you want to go we need extra tickets? Right. Fine. Go ahead and take care of it. A We're plus head B in. equals C. This is how this goes. And this is there a reason saying. they can't leave him at will call? Yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, go get your tickets. There we got your name on them. Yeah. Like I it, mean, yeah. if right. it's a grown man, can yeah. he go to Will Call and make his way to the booth or wherever you're at? Mm, and if yeah. it's reserved seating, it's like you all know where you're going to. I mean, we're all, yep, you're in row four, seat yeah. L. Mm. And if it's general admission, like we ain't waiting. General admission's a real pain in the teeth. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're getting free tickets to a college sports game? Yeah. Show up on time. Yeah. Or early, which right. is actually on time. Yes, but okay. it's not a yeah. I just but like I don't I don't like how she responded with the capital letters because yeah. it insinuates a punishment, right? Not a exactly. Punishment. Yep, agreed. Well, they can even do this. Here's even another compromise. You can you can say okay at X time, if you're not here, sorry. Yeah, you have to buy a ticket. Yeah, that seems reasonable. And we'll we'll wait here until whatever, and then we're going in. Yeah, and then everybody's happy. Yep. And maybe and it's on them. And if your son, you know, if if I'm the son. I might say like to the to the locker room, say, look, my dad's always causing all kinds of ape trouble. If anybody's ever got any extra tickets, let me know. Uh, Send them my I, way. Yeah, because I'm I'm sure I can I'm sure I can use them. I'd be willing to do that for yeah, my dad yeah, totally. Yeah. But I'm not hitting people up all the time. Yeah, right. I don't like it. Okay, all right. One okay. more. Yeah, yeah. Dear, live from the path. I have a serious problem I have lived with for practically my whole life. Oh dear. I'm sloppy. Oh. I am incapable of keeping my surroundings clean and taking care of my belongings. Each time I resolve to get busy and clean up my house or car or whatever, I become overwhelmed with anxiety and nothing gets done. 
Being unable to keep my surroundings clean and take proper care of my possessions has led to some very unpleasant unpleasant situations in the past. I can no longer afford to continue this pattern of behavior. Please tell me what to do. Um, so if your resolution to want to do this is always when you're faced against like all it is stacked up on you, it's going to feel overwhelming. Like, yes, you need to just start chipping away at it. Like, don't you're not going to become a non sloppy person tomorrow. Just go for one thing. Spatula. Right. I cook. I cook my eggs every morning with the spatula. I'm going to scrub that spatula every day. I yep. use it and put it back. Yep. Succeed in that for a week, two weeks, whatever it is. Like, I, I will say this. Like, th- this is you need to get it very clear in your mind. This is able to be overcome. Yep. It 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 can be. It's not that you're not capable of doing it, but like. You also have built this, like, even by your description, you've built it up so heavy in your mind, it's very difficult to believe that you can climb a mountain this large. And so you got to start knocking it down into some foothills, man. And so that would be my recommendation. Um, I would write it down. I would be clear about it. Like, mm-hmm. here's here's the thing I'm going to start with. Here's where I'm going to progress to. Make I'd tell somebody, here's what I'm trying to yep. do. Um, get someone to, like, I, sometimes, you know, you know, we use the word accountability. And, like, I just, it does depend on the, you need the right person for this kind of thing. Yeah. You need an encourager. Uh, and sometimes our accountability folks get, get uh, they get real firm on that they're the paddle. Like, we need encouraging people, people mm-hmm. who will check in with us and who will go, dude, I believe you can do it. Or it, get back on the horse and scrub that thing today because you forgot it yesterday. Uh, like, because, again, someone who looks at, and if, especially if their example is, you know, they've had situations, I bet there's romantic situations, too, where, like, yep. it's, it's caused problems for them. If that's not a motivation to change, your harassment over the phone ain't going to do much either. Like, there's mm-hmm. more compelling reasons to change than you beating up on somebody. And so, um, I, accountability is still important. Sometimes people need a firm hand, but like, let's just—I would say dominant encourager, but get one. Uh, so start small, find an encourager. That'd be my recommendation. Yeah, I'd say you're not incapable. You are unorganized. So. Uh, there are probably a thousand videos on YouTube on how to organize and clean your house. Watch some of those videos. Do, do like Ben said. I like you know make a list, make a plan, and just follow it. And yeah, I think you got a good idea there. Find that accountability. That's good. But don't yeah, don't be scared. Just just you make it's a marathon. It's not a race. You don't have yeah. to get it done tomorrow. And uh, but start start working on it. Yeah, yeah. And I would say, not to blow this up, but like. This is symptomatic of something, most likely. Like, laziness isn't just, uh, well, it's not always just there because laziness is your favorite thing to do. Like, the kind of thing where you're getting overwhelmed or anxious about this kind of stuff usually stems from something else. Yeah. Like, you are, whether it be a general, like, problem with your own self-worth that makes it really hard to get out of the bed in the morning, and therefore every single thing you've got to do after you get out of the bed is just trudging through mud, and it sucks. And, like... No amount of organizational effort you have, if you feel like you are weigh a thousand pounds and can't move, like there's there's something to be said where that has to get cleared out first. And it doesn't have to happen and it won't happen overnight. But like there's a perspective of like, friend, I believe there's something deeper. And I think there might be something that's that's causing this kind of feeling that you need to take a step and look at. Whether it's self-reflection, whether it's getting some friends together and going, guys, I don't know if I feel like I'm I'm deserving of a nice looking place. And so I never get to that point or whatever it is. I'm not going to prescribe the thought, but just realize there may be something underlying. One of the other things I will say from a more practical perspective is trick yourself, trick yourself into doing this kind of stuff. When I get in any kind of depressive state and like I've got chores to do one, 
I don't allow the laziness of my youth to get involved because I used to be very lazy and very sluggish and sloppy and all this different stuff. But now, like, I make certain that that never happens because I go like, I've been there before. I don't want to be there again. And there are people counting on me to make certain it's not that way. It's not fair to my wife if I don't do my chores and lift my part of the burden of the house and, and keep things nice, right? Like, take care of stuff. But the trickery is this. If I'm in that moment, like, ch- dishes are my chore, if I'm exhausted or I've had a rough day or whatever reason my brain's telling me that I'm not worthy that moment and I have to do chores, I convince myself to do the smallest fraction of the chore that I could possibly do. Like Ben said, do the spatula, right? Like if you've got to unload the dishes and then load the dishes and you're exhausted already from it, take one dish out of your dishwasher. Yeah. Just take one. Take one cup and put it where it needs to go. And I can, I can tell you the first couple times it may be that one cup and that's okay. But then sometimes it may go, well, I'm already here and I already moved one cup. What if I did two? What if I did four? What if I, maybe I don't want to do the dishes right now, but I empty the dishwasher so that in a few hours when I'm in a better spot, I'm, I'm much less likely to give up because the dishwasher is already empty. It's going to be so easy to put all those dishes back in the dishwasher for the next round. Like you can trick yourself practically into like a cascading thing, right? Like a, a, a um, body in motion stays in motion kind of perspective of like, Trick yourself into doing the smallest thing, and it may cascade into something big. And it'll be huge. And celebrate that win. Be proud of yourself, even if it feels stupid to go, oh, man, I'm proud of myself for doing the dishes today. And you think, of course you should have done the dishes, you schmuck. But, like, have some grace for yourself, and that positive self-talk is important to go, you know what? It was a hard thing I did, and it may not have been hard to anybody else on the planet, but it is for me, and I'm glad I did it. And be proud of that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's the encouragement. It's like, like you can you, you can do it. Like if yes, you, want, you can. If you want to change your life, you got to change your life. It is. It is actually as as simple as that. And like everyone, I, it, it is easy sometimes to get into the business. Like I can't do this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yep. Because, and, and you've done it before. I. You know, I have yes. this com- conversation. I have. Uh, I have a uh, an eight year old, blonde headed eight year old, and this blonde headed eight year old comes down every so often. Is I'll put her, put her into bed, and then five minutes she'll come down and say, "Dad, I can't sleep." I said, "You did not try." <laughs> like you were in your bed for five minutes. She goes, I can't, I can't sleep. I said, let me tell you this fact. This is going to hit you like a, like a ton of bricks. <laughs> you have fallen asleep every night of your life. You have never <laughs> failed to fall asleep. It happens all the time. Oh, gosh. But in that moment, it made like, because, because whatever was going on in her mind, she's like, it can't be done, dad. It just, it's, it'll never occur. And so I was, you know, the, when we were, we were, you're talking about doing something small. The thing that popped into my mind was, uh, like sitting sitting in my bed trying to go to sleep and it's cold i live in a two-story old house and so it's cold up there it's 10 degrees colder upstairs than it is downstairs right it's freezing so you're under the bed i don't want to get out of there and anything yourself did i lock the door and you got to make the decision to get out of bed and go check the door Mm -hmm. and so it it just made me think that like like that is difficult i feel like i can't do it i can't i don't want to get out of here it's going to be freezing it's still do it though right like there's like you just the 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 motion i like what you were saying about the motion of it like it only takes one you're not going to get up an inch and not keep going but it's just that inch you don't even yeah. have you don't even have to think boy i got to get out of bed that you was have the to hardest think, part can i move myself an inch towards getting out of bed you will keep going yep and everybody all over the world's washing dishes uh you've washed dishes many times before yep. you totally can do it uh and so just like but if you got you want to change your life you got to change your life you actually have to yep but you're capable of it absolutely agreed mm. yeah all right Secular says, you have already taken the first step, which is admitting you have a problem with which you need help. You might feel less overwhelmed if you take on these projects one at a time. Start with one drawer or counter before moving on to the next. 
An important next step would be to tell your do- tell your doctor what he is, what has been going on and ask for a referral to a psychotherapist <clears throat> who can help to get the root of your anxiety. Talking with a mental health professional and possibly taking medication could be helpful, and I hope you will consider it. I applaud you for reaching out. You are not alone in having this issue. Yeah. Listen to me. Yeah. You could talk to people. Yeah. You could talk to literally anybody. There's probably some people that will give bad advice, so be be thoughtful on who you're talking to, but you do not need to medicate. Just because yeah, that escalated things quickly. are difficult. That sure did. Like there's this, 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 the slippery slope that was just stated is not you. It doesn't have to be you. There's a, li- there's a life that you can live where just your brain gets better because you start talking to it correctly and truth starts living in your heart versus the lies that exist in this world and that you tell yourself. That is the best medication you can possibly have is the truth of Christ that changes this kind of stuff. Even God is so great that even in this kind of like minutia that we think that he wouldn't give a care about he loves you so much that he wants you to to have a, a, a blessed life and and, blessed. and to live out <laughs> in the freedom of of his kingdom versus the chains of what you feel you're not worth yeah i do and i do think it's true um that most like a lot of healing with people happens that you're talking not especially yes. who you're talking to right Right, right. Unless, and Frank, if if they're not saying much of anything, which is probably good for for most of the time, it really doesn't even particularly matter. Yep. Uh, like, and but you know, maybe maybe you get to a point where you need to, you need somebody to guide you because you're up against a circumstance that most people don't interact with or don't know how to handle correctly. Yep. Fair. Yeah. But like lack of lack of motivation, feeling feeling a little bit dumpy about yourself, um, not sure why it matters to do one thing or the other. I'm gonna tell you this. I get that some sometimes it lands heavier on folks. Most people have had m- at least moments of this where it's yeah, understandable, right. right? Where they 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 don't know what it's like to be you, but they they do have they can they can uh, uh, relate to it. Um, right. And so you just need someone who understands you enough to encourage you in the right way. Yep. And I I just I, there's I don't think there's any any leap to you need to medicate it out of yourself or. That you need um, a neck. People who love you, frankly, will go a lot, lot farther than any type of technical expertise at times. Agreed. I'm not, not diminishing that there's not a, a value in technical expertise, but like, just start with someone who cares about you. There you go. All right, you've been listening to Live from the Path. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. We really do appreciate it. Again, if you have any feedback for us on the show, get a hold of us on the Bob Eisenhower Live from the Path complaint line five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Call or text. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we are rounding out uh, this year. We look forward to at least one more show. If not, uh, maybe we'll sneak a couple in here before the end of the year. But uh, in the meantime, one, go out to that uh, shop on livefromthepath.org. Pick out the holiday hits for your friends and any random strangers that you want to hashtag bless because the Lord is in random events. And uh, also uh, be faithful to me. God will hand to the ends. You've been listening to Live 